Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to another installment of our summer series, Countdown to Camp. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm excited that you decided to join us for this week's position preview, as it's shaping up to be an insightful and exciting show, all about the Chicago Bears' safeties. Here with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, to kind of break this all down. Very excited to be back on the air. It feels great. Nick? How are you? You got your first haircut and God knows for however. So I'm glad to see you got some fresh hair this, this afternoon. Yeah, the last haircut I got was when the Bears traded for Nick Foles. So it's it's been some time, well, just a little over two months now. feels great. It felt as the, my barber was cutting my hair, just you, you feel lighter. And he said that too. Don't you feel lighter? I'm like, I do. It's just so much. But it feels great to have a haircut. feels great to be talking Bears football again. Now, I don't know about your experience at the barbershop i went about a week and a half ago did you still have to wear a mask to get your hair cut because i did and it was a interesting experience to get my hair cut while keeping a mask on and the barber kind of cutting around and having to take the mask like off over the ear it it was odd obviously we've both never gone through it but i'm just curious did you have to go through something similar I did. So you have to keep your mask on. And I went to Floyd's Barbershop in Vernon Hills. So yeah, exactly what happened to you. They kind of take it off when they're going around the ears, fading it up over there. But I, my mask kept on going right underneath my nose, which defeat the purpose of the mask. So I had to keep on putting it over. It is a little bit of a, you know, a hassle, but you still got the job done. How do you do that? Do you keep your arms outside that gown thing? No, so I keep them usually underneath, and then when the time presents itself, I'll just quickly, you know, put it over. But yeah, just from time to time, just as he's cutting the hair, just had to kept on doing that. Because I was thinking, if your hands were underneath and you're lifting up, then all the hair would go in your nose, and that wouldn't be all too pleasant. But yeah, I had the same issue with the mask getting caught under my nose, and I was like, "Do you mind putting my mask back up?" Because he had his finger on the whole. Oh, never mind. But anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, it was an interesting experience, to say the least. But, all right, uh, one final thing. Well, we have a few items here. Again, this show's all about the Chicago Bears' safeties, but 
Nick, I know you and I, we don't usually talk politics on this show, and we really do keep our podcast as micro-focused on uh, Chicago Bears football as much as possible, but I did want to at least mention on the podcast that we did partner with other Bears bloggers, and we co-signed a letter to George McCaskey asking him to say and do more to kind of combat the racial injustice that plagues our country today. Uh, if you want to give that a read, it is on chicagoaudible.com. I'm not getting into the weeds of it here on the show, but did want to mention we have something out there on our website on this topic. And also, before we kind of jump into position previews, Nick, I'm curious. It's been a unique week, week and a half, as we actually do have some media availability for a good amount of Bears players. And I don't think we need to hit on every player or coach and what they talked about or anything of that nature. Heck, Nick, I personally, I haven't had the time to actually sit here and digest some of these interviews myself. So do you have any big takeaways or anything that just stands out to you that you want our listeners and myself to actually know and have heard? Yeah, so I guess just because of what we're talking about today, the Bears' safeties, Eddie Jackson spoke today, and if you listen to the video conference, the audio portion, you know it was a bit choppy, and you, there are times where Eddie Jackson's coming in and out, and you can barely hear him, but just some of the takeaways from him, he, he just said that he loves the support that he has from this Bears organization. What we just were talking about earlier, Will, with the racial injustice, everything going on in this world today he knows that the Bears organization from the top to the bottom will support their players in any way, in any way possible. He says he loves that about the Bears organization. So I thought that was one of the key takeaways from Eddie Jackson's short interview. Um, and he just said they genuinely cared. He also doesn't know as of right now if he's going to take a knee or anything like that. But he's all about making an impact for change. He wants to make an impact to, to change this world that we're currently living in for the better. Doesn't know how exactly he's going to do that, but he knows he has a plan. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done platform as obviously an NFL player to maybe make that happen and one of the big takeaways or not a big takeaway but some that I think we can all relate with he's tired of the zoom meetings and actually wants to go to a meeting just wants to be there uh something that maybe looking before the quarantine we wouldn't want to do who wants to go to a meeting right but he's really looking forward to just going back with his teammates being in a meeting breaking down film just being around his guys so those are just I guess the big takeaways from Eddie Jackson's short video conference today I guess for people like me who've been working remotely for years I forget what it's even like uh, to see and to work with people in person that's why I take the time that you and I get in person you know, I just kind of soak in all those moments because it is nice uh, to be, you know, more human in person, not over a computer screen. Uh, looking forward to that day. But unfortunately, we're not going to get that uh, for training camp because I know it's reported that the Bears won't be allowing fans in. You understand due to COVID that probably in-house hall is not going to be an option this summer. But I think this is the first time I'm missing camp since 2011. Uh, so it's been a long time for me to miss. So I'm personally upset. And on top of that, for our show and professionally, I love our training camp coverage. I love getting to go. Well, it used to be Bourbon A. Now it would be Lake Forest to watch the Bears practice, do our immediate podcast right after each and every practice. And I know we can't really provide that coverage that we have in the past. So I know we're going to have to find some other ways to kind of get through 
the preseason and the training camp kind of era. And I know we're looking into potentially reaching out, seeing if they'll at least give us a credential, both of us a credential. And even if so, our coverage won't be able to be to that same level just due to the, some of the restrictions they put on media. Uh, so anything you wanted to mention about training camp and their adjustments, obviously for me, missing my first camp in nine years is going to make late July, early August a completely different and unique experience for me. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm just grateful for the amount of times we were able to go last last year, last time at Bourbon A. I think it was eight or nine times I was able to be at training camp, and that was the most ever for me. But I think, again, just grateful for that opportunity last year. But like you said, well, even though we might not have the access, so we'll see what we can do. You never know. But there's still going to be we're still going to provide coverage. We're still going to do the best of our capabilities and p- providing the coverage that you Bears fans need. But yeah, it will be different that late July. I'm always looking forward to going to Bourbon A, driving with you, just meeting up there, seeing all the fans there as well. Those are great times and I'm really going to cherish those now that this year we're not going to get that opportunity and it's not going to be at Bourbon A anymore. We're still going to go get crab legs though when things are open and we can go do that. I actually just got an email from them. Well, they are delivering, which is crazy. I don't know if they'll <laughs> deliver to you, but probably not. We definitely, we definitely need to do that at some point. For sure. Uh, speaking of training camp and preseason, did you hear the report or see the report today that the NFL and the NFLPA are talking about cutting the preseason down to two games and kind of changing how teams approach training camp with a ramp up period with different phases that way they just don't show up and go 100%. I think they went to the lockout years, an example of a lot of hamstring and some other muscle injuries, and they want to find a way to prevent it. And having a ramp up period of walkthroughs and just getting people into shape uh, at a consistent rate instead of just going from zero to 100 uh, is kind of their plan or what they're hoping to kind of accomplish here soon. And of course, the time to make plans is now. Have, have you seen that? Any thoughts on that? To me, it's interesting. It's an inter- 2020. Interesting doesn't even <laughs> cut it anymore. But for this one, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there, Will. And we've all been talking about preseason becoming shorter. That should be the case just because once you get to that that fourth preseason game, nobody and their grandmother cares what's happening in that game. Obviously, it's very important for the guys that are trying to make the roster. But when it comes to actual fan engagement, people actually paying attention to it. A lot of people just don't care about that preseason. But it makes sense given the limited reps that players teams are going to get now with COVID-19 everything going on but yeah like like you said it makes sense that the the league is looking to change some things right now and I know they're saying you know we'll change it for 2020 but you can definitely see it being uh, just that predecessor for the preseason to change completely because it's been in talks for quite some time now and it just seems like with the current situation of the world it just makes all the sense in the world for it to be uh, something that they kind of change from this point moving on forward. It just gives them the reason to kind of cut bait with that four-game preseason that everyone's had issues with now for quite some time. With that, Nick, I think we're all caught up on the world. No, not even close, <laughs> but good enough for this podcast. I want to talk Chicago Bears safeties. I wanted to last week, but we're one week behind. We'll adjust our schedule, and we'll publish an updated schedule once Nick and I can find out how we're going to co- accommodate for that missed episode last week. But the good news is you'll get more of us and more of us regularly as we want to squeeze all these episodes in before training camp begins. So with that, Nick, are you ready to talk about these Bears safeties? Absolutely. Let's do it. 
All right, so to kick things off, we'll start with our best foot forward, and that's with the all-pro at the position, Eddie Jackson. And man, time really flies because Jackson, he's already entering his fourth season. He earned Pro Bowl honors yet again in 2019, and we all know what makes Jackson special. He has that great awareness. He has extremely high football IQ, and he couples that with his extreme athleticism and those football instincts. And to put it simply, he's a dominant player. Nick, we've been discussing Eddie Jackson for years now, and I'm sure everyone listening knows a ton about him. So for this preview podcast, we may not have to dive overly deep here, but over the last year or so, what have you learned about Eddie Jackson and that you want to bring into this year's Countdown to Camp? Yeah, I think with Eddie Jackson, he just makes life a lot easier for a lot of the other players on on this Bears defense. When you look at the corners and how they're able to play, and obviously there'll be a new corner playing a position for Prince Mukamara's position, they're able to be just more opportunistic because they know Eddie Jackson is that ball hawking safety that all these corners can undercut routes, can trail their wide receivers a little bit more to undercut the route because you have Eddie Jackson just a safety blanket over the top and since he's entered the league, you've just seen him get better in different aspects of his game. He didn't have the interceptions last year. That just wasn't the case. There wasn't really much of a pass rush, but I think he did get better as a tackler. Again, it wasn't that great, but the Bears are not making Eddie Jackson the highest paid safety in the league to be a good tackler. He's there to make plays, to get the football in his hands, to score at times. I mean, he was one of the better defensive players in the league throughout his first two years at scoring the ball. So I think just what I've learned from A. Jackson is that you you can expect him to do great things at any given moment because he's that kind of player. He just didn't have, I would say, maybe as much opportunities as last, you know, in 2018 in 2019 because teams were reluctant to throw his way. They know that Eddie Jackson at any point in time can make an opposing offense pay, but I want to see how that's going to change this year. Now that the they the Bears have kind of revamped their pass rush, that should create a lot more opportunities for Eddie Jackson, who, I don't know if you saw this, Well, it was maybe two, three weeks ago now. Matt Miller didn't even have Eddie Jackson as a top 10 safety in the league, which, come on, Ridiculous. Eddie Jackson not... It's ridiculous, but he's easily a top five safety and not, you know, dissing any of the other safeties. But Eddie Jackson is just a step above the rest because of his playmaking ability. And that's what I've come to really enjoy watching his game and just come to expect from his game since he's become on the Bears. Now, obviously, his role changed a little bit from 2018 to 2019. He was asked to play in the box just a little bit more, and he wasn't nearly as productive, like you said, um, in terms of generating those turnovers, those big splash plays. But when you look at his 2019 and his 2018, some numbers were very, and I mean very identical. Uh, both years he allowed catches in only about 54% of his targets, which was the best of all the starting DBs for the Bears, and only about 11 yards per catch. And on top of just the interceptions numbers going down, you also saw a dip in the passes defense, which actually in 2019 was a career low at five. Now, obviously, we'll talk about his counterpart here in just a little bit, but do you expect Nick Jackson's numbers to kind of go up there in terms of the passes defense? Again, a career low last year to me feels more like an anomaly and not really a, uh, a determinant of what's to come here. Do you anticipate him making more plays in the ball just in general this year compared to 2018, 19? My years are getting all kind of mixed up here. 
Yeah, so I think when you look at A. Jackson, just where he was kind of lined up a little bit more in 2019 as opposed to 2018, he lined up 113 more times in the box in 2019 than in 2018 when he had HaHa Clint Dix as his counterpart there. So I think what you're going to see a little bit more of, and again, we'll talk about Sean Gibson just in a sec here, but Eddie Jackson is best when he is at single high safety, whether that's in a cover three scheme where you have the corners also dropping back or cover one, or when he's playing that robber position where he's just free to jump on routes that are undercut or underneath in the coverage. That's what I think you'll see a little bit more from Eddie Jackson. Because to Sean Gibson. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Is the uh, the opposite safety there. But I think we will see more opportunities for Eddie Jackson to make plays, to get his hand on the football, to undercut routes, because that's where he's best at. I don't know with Ha Dix, obviously they had chemistry back to their Alabama days, but it seemed like to me, just from the film I watched, the Bears rather had Eddie Jackson lined up on a tight end, man-to-man coverage, because they didn't trust Taha Clint Dix as much to be the guy in man-to-man coverage, so they put Eddie Jackson there. I think the role is going to switch a little bit just for this tw- for this 2020 season, and I think you'll see the numbers kind of go up in the pass defense, hopefully the interceptions for Eddie Jackson in 2020. Excellent. Good good stuff there, Nick. And obviously, both of us, everyone listening, we know that the sky is the limit for Eddie Jackson. And for himself, he's always aspiring for greatness, both for personal reasons as well as for the entire team. And what really sticks to me, I remember the Pro Bowl, and he had a hard time actually enjoying the event. You know, the Pro Bowl, you get all those players there and they're usually just enjoying their vacation having a good time the camaraderie with their fellow players having their families there but when Eddie Jackson had his time for an interview he had a hard time enjoying it he said he would much rather be preparing for a Super Bowl uh, and of course from that point the Bears had a lot of work to be going forward to and he was just looking ahead to the 2020 season already like he's season's over I'm at the Pro Bowl but I can't focus on this I want to focus on the Bears 2020 and how we can get back to the playoffs so I love how he has high hopes high aspirations and he sets big goals for himself so it's time for us to kind of set some goals Nick what are going to be your expectations for Eddie Jackson can he get back to that all pro level that we saw in 2018 absolutely I think Eddie Jackson even though the numbers weren't as good like we were just talking about in 2019 he's still one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best. So when I'm looking at expectations, especially now that he is the highest paid safety in the league, you expect him to play like that. And I think he's definitely capable of doing that with this defense. But when I'm looking in terms of stats, where he can get back to six interceptions for Eddie Jackson this season should be something that he can obtain. That would be tied for first among safeties and cornerbacks for last season. He should be able to get at least 14 PBUs, which would be the second highest among safeties in 2019. And he's he's used to scoring the football. He didn't do that last year, Will. He can easily get another uh, a pick six at least for this 2020 season. But that's the projected stat line. And that should be what is expected from the highest paid safety in the league. He 
his 14.6 million he needs to kind of you know earn that right show that he is worth that money and look he had a bunch of near interceptions last season and if you could just if he could just limit some of those missed tackles and just play like the safety that we all know he is he's going to be worth every penny because he can change how offenses can attack a defense I'm right there with you. I mean, all pros type of season is what we need to expect out of Eddie Jackson. I know that circumstances uh, every year do change. Uh, the dynamic changes uh, on any defense at any given time. But from what we know, he what he has from a talent perspective, as well as a personal aspiration level, you just got to give it to him. You have to set that bar for him. You can't set it any lower than what we saw in 2018. We know he can do better than that. I know that could be a, end up being a career year, but I just have that feeling that he can replicate that type of season, not just in 2020, but for you know seasons to come. Is there anything else about Eddie Jackson that you wanted to bring up in this year's countdown to camp? Yeah. So just one last thing. If you guys haven't already checked out my article on Eddie Jackson. It's called Factory Made. Eddie Jackson has the mindset to be great. It talks about some of the things that we were mentioning here to where Eddie Jackson, he's not complacent with where he's at being, he is the highest paid safety, but he's always looking to be better. And I talked to his personal trainer down at the Fit Factory in Florida, and that's all Travis Shelton, the personal trainer, was talking about. Just the mindset that Eddie Jackson has to want to become great and continue to become better than what he already is. So that's why these expectations, the stat line that I put out there, the expectations we have, that's why we have it for Eddie Jackson, just because of who he is. Just saying that he wants to get back into a meeting room, wants to be back on the football field. That's Eddie Jackson. He loves this game. He knows what he has to do to become great, and he's constantly putting in the work. So I think with Eddie Jackson in 2020, we saw the career highs that he put in 2018. It wouldn't be unrealistic if he broke those. It wouldn't I wouldn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise any Bears fan because he is capable of doing that. And I think it's going to be a very fun season to watch for sure. Got me excited for Bears football, Nick. I, I think we're all itching to watch some Bears football right now. Yeah, sports in general, but for us in particular, uh, Chicago Bears football. Now, looking at the other starting safety spot, Matt Nagy said there's going to be competition here at safety. Now, we can say that Tashawn Gibson is our first candidate, but Nick, we were talking in the green room before we went live, and there's just, even though they're saying competition here, there's no way Gibson does not get this job, right? Yeah, it has to be Tashawn Gibson's job. I think when you bring him in on a one-year deal, knowing what he has already accomplished in his career, going into his ninth season, Tashawn Gibson is the best safety out of the bunch there to take that quote-unquote strong safety position opposite of Eddie Jackson. I think it just it makes sense to have both these guys. The Bears kind of experimented with having two free safeties last year with HaHa Clint Dix, but I think the role is going to change a little bit for this 2020 season to put Eddie Jackson in the best you know position to succeed and just get the best out of his abilities. So I think when we look at it, yes, I, I look, Deion Bush is my guy. I've, I've been saying that for a long time now. But when the Bears signed to Sean Gibson on that one-year deal, that sealed his job. He's going to be the starter. And even though in, in his video conference, Tashawn Gibson said that the Bears didn't clarify that he was going to be the starter, but he expects to. That's how. That's his mindset going into all this. He expects to be the starter come week one. And, I mean, you just look at history, which is the best indicator of what's to come. And he has 104 starts to his credit throughout his nine-year career. Uh, on top of that, a fair amount of that ball production that we've talked about 
with him already on this podcast with the 23 career interceptions, eight of which came in the last three seasons. And along those last three years to go with those eight picks, he also has 22 pass breakups across that same time span. And he is a self-proclaimed versatile safety who can play both free, which that's where he does have most of experience as well in the box. He says, I can be anywhere. The coach wants me to line up. And Nick, something that I really like about Gibson is the fact that no matter what team he's been on, uh, he just finds a way to succeed. He can jump in and contribute in multiple defenses and different schemes. And for someone who's, quote, competing for a starting job, uh, if he can jump in and succeed, you know, in Houston's defense last year in a one-and-done type of deal, I think that's huge. It just shows that he can pick up a defense. Uh, given the COVID offseason that it is, he doesn't need to be on the field. He can go out there with his experience, lean on it, and jump in this defense really without a hitch. Now, I also want to know, when you look at Gibson, what stands out to you for both better and for worse? And I'll kick this one off for myself because something that I found out is that quarterbacks must not really like to throw his way. Last year, he only had 26 targets, 26 balls thrown in his direction, which was uh, one of the lowest there for the Texans. And also, on top of that, he allowed the 14th lower passer rating against in the NFL from safeties. Quarterbacks only had a passer rating of 66.5 when throwing his way when they actually wanted to at least test him. Uh, So to me, that was something that really stood out when I was at least looking at his production in years past, in particular last year in his one and done in Houston. But how about you? What stands out to Gibson for both better and maybe some worse? Yeah, for Tashawn Gibson, I think one of the things that stood out to me when I was just watching film was just his knowledge of the game. And what I mean by that, uh, there's a certain play week 14 against Denver. Gibson is lined up on the tight end, Noah Fant. And at the snap, Fant is just staying in the block. So instead of Gibson just staying there and essentially doing nothing for the defense, Gibson goes to find work and he starts backpedaling, gets himself into position to deflect the pass that's 20 yards down the field. And if you want to watch the play for yourself, first quarter on NFL Game Pass, first and 10, 28 second mark, you will see the play that I'm talking about. But that's just something that comes with time. Being this his now his ninth year, maybe some safeties are just going to stay with the tight end that's blocking and essentially do nothing for the defensive coverage. Instead, Deshaun Gibson goes to find work. I love that. Love him seeing just, again, knowing that he's able to do that and just taking that and making a great play down the field, 20 yards down the field. And like you said it, Will, his man coverage ability is off the charts, really. He's really good in this area of his game, and I think that's going to especially – benefit Eddie Jackson because now he doesn't have to be the guy that's lined up head up on a tight end in the game against Kansas City I think it was their week six week six matchup it's Tashawn Gibson he's lined up on Travis Kelsey for a majority of the game one reception 17 yards and he does have a holding penalty but that was it for Travis Kelsey one of the best tight ends in the league but he is and I've said this on this podcast before sticky in coverage he knows how to shadow his receiver or the he knows how to shadow the route runner he knows how to be in a position to where it's going to benefit him to either make a play on the ball or limit the yards after catch and that's what I really like about Tashawn Gibson and why it's going to be a good fit for Eddie Jackson and this Bears defense and then in terms of weaknesses he is a free safety just like Eddie Jackson they're not known for being the best run support guys you can see that in Tashawn Gibson's game he doesn't take the best angles but He is physical on the line of scrimmage when he's manned up against a tight end. But I wouldn't say that you should expect Deshaun Gibson to make some incredible tackles. And you will probably see some bad angles 
at times, but he is a good free safety. He's interchangeable. That's the word that he kept on using in his video conference. Even though he's not, he doesn't see himself as a strong safety. He doesn't. He does say in this day and age with safeties, you have to be interchangeable. And I think that's going to be key for this tandem of Eddie Jackson to Sean Gibson to work. And you'll see both these guys just switching positions, playing the single high safety or coming down the line of scrimmage. It's just what happens in a game. But those are some things that I think work with the Sean Gibson's game and, you know, the one area that he still needs to work on. That's really good analysis there, Nick. You know, I agree with you in terms of the you know interchangeability, and I think that's going to be a really strong uh, way for the Bears to kind of utilize both of these safeties. We talked about that in a previous episode, and what's really awesome about Gibson really is how budget-friendly he is. I know we talked about this on our Top 10 episode as well, but the fact that we're getting a guy with over 100 career starts, uh, with the ball production that we're seeing, with the man-covered skills that maybe HaHa Clinton Dix did not possess a year ago in this defense— uh, just the value that we're going to get from this player this season is really going to be tremendous. And I did mention uh, Clinton Dix. I am curious, Nick, would you call Gibson an upgrade? I don't think you've used that word explicitly yet, but if I'm reading between the lines, it sure sounds like it. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, look, you look at how Clinton Dix, what he did for this bear defense. I think he did some good things. I It switched up the scheme a bit. And if you're taking Eddie Jackson out of his, you know, his element, the best way to use him, I think that is why you could see Tashawn Gibson being more interchangeable, going back to that word, and just getting the most out of Ajax. So I would I would consider him an upgrade. And again, that that friendly deal that he signed, I think it just speaks to him and just who he is. He was a guy that was undrafted. He was um, someone that you could definitely root for. If you haven't watched his video conference, you should go do that. He's, he's really... Um, I, I don't know, just well-spoken. You just want to keep listening to him talk football, talk life, and just someone that, um, yeah, you could definitely root for. But, yeah, I, I would say he's an upgrade for sure. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next man up, and that's Dion Bush. He's entering his fifth season in the league as well as a Chicago Bear. Eight career starts throughout his career, six of which came as a rookie. The other two came in 2018 when he did have to play in place for the injured Eddie Jackson late that season. And in that time, he played, I would call, serviceably well. Uh, in his limited snaps last year, he did allow a very high 75% of targets into completions. Very small sample size, though. Six catches on eight targets. But it did show, at least last year, when he was out there, he was someone that quarterbacks targeted with success. Now, Nick, I know that Deion Bush was someone that you were crushing on pretty hard this offseason about his trajectory, his potential, uh, perhaps being not on tap just yet. And then we brought in Gibson, and your tune has changed maybe just a, a little bit here. And I know he's technically in this competition for the starting job. Neither of us believe he's actually going to earn that. But he is going to be the third safety on this roster. And I want to know, what does he bring to the table, and what have you seen from Bush over the years in his limited experience that gets you, I'll say, excited about him being that reserve safety on this roster? I think the big thing is that he's just capable of playing the position. If you're just asking for somebody that's not going to blow a coverage, yeah, Deion Bush can do that and just satisfy what a quote-unquote strong safety should be for this Bears defense. We know Eddie Jackson's the main the main safety, and he should be, but for Deion Bush, it's he's had such limited of uh, limited opportunities over the last two years. Two hundred seventy eight snaps in the last two seasons, defensive snaps. 
players can exceed that amount in four games. If you, what, 70 snaps a game on defense, that's easily obtainable for any starting safety. But, hey, Jackson has 278 snaps in the past two seasons. So I don't even know what where his potential is at because he just doesn't have those opportunities. But if he was, again, projected to be the starter this year. At Cenex, we're locally owned and operated, so your community is our community. That's why your Cenex goes far beyond the store. We fuel community connections by supporting local festivals, restoring town monuments, and renovating baseball fields. Now in its fourth year, we'll have contributed more than $400,000 to Cenex communities through our hometown pride initiative. Because community connections make the places we live so special. Cenex, powered locally. I think you know you get a guy that's at least going to do his job and probably not much more than that. But again, we haven't seen him really play. We know that coming out of Miami, he was a big hitter. That was a big thing for Deion Bush. Haven't really seen that, and we haven't had the opportunities to see that. But if he was a guy, if there's a weak point in this defense, if you had to have one, I think you could be okay with Deion Bush being that guy if everything around him is, you know, high caliber, which in the Bears defense it is. But that's why I was comfortable and maybe just excited to see what Deion Bush could do in his first opportunity starting. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But when it comes to dime defenses, where you have to go three safeties in in the defense, you're going to see Deion Bush there. I'm pretty sure that offenses are going to target him, though. That's going to be the thing. So we have to see how he holds up. Well, I mean, if you're looking around the defense... That would be who you would have to target. It just you just follow the domino effect, and you're not going Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson. I guess I'm spoiling you the could. next week's show, but yeah. it may be. Um, I, I don't, but if you're looking at Dion Bush, he's definitely the weak point there. I do believe, if I remember correctly, a lot of I'll say your infatuation with Bush did come from last year's training camp when he did start turning some heads out there in practice. And I know practice does not always correlate or translate into game success, but he did put together a decent showing last year in the, in that spotlight, at least in front of the fans there in Bourbon A. Uh, and obviously, we're not going to get that same kind of availability this year to see if he is making that jump. So he may be someone that we only really see in a special teams role. And if he does get out there and have to play in some spell situations or maybe some big dime packages, you can go out there. And if he's only getting targeted less than 10 times again here in 2020, uh, just due to Gibson and Jackson holding the Ford at safety, you call that a win, right? Yeah, I would I would say so. And again, I'm not expecting much from Deion Bush, especially now, given that there is a Tashawn Gibson on this team. But like I said, I would have been comfortable seeing him there. But I, I, I do feel a lot better, though, that the Bears did go out and get an established veteran to tag alongside Eddie Jackson. For sure. Is there anything else about Bush you want to mention? I don't have anything for this show. Again, He's been here for five years, and we've only seen him in a handful of plays. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We The Bears, I don't know if the Bears really know what they have in him. I know both defensive coordinators, Chuck Pagano at some point last year, and then Vic Fangio before him, have praised Deion Bush and what he's able to do. Just we, we just haven't been able to see it. Maybe he'll be able to show what he is actually capable of with the new team after this season. Ooh, wow. You're that's some forward thinking that I'm not ready for. I'm just preparing for the 2020, but I like I like the <laughs> foresight you have here, Nick. But 
Up next, we're going to enter what I'll call tier two of the remaining safeties here on this roster. But before we do, Nick, I know we've been uh, asking for some patronage uh, from our listeners, and I think you have an update for everyone here. Yeah, we have an update and we have some shout outs to give. So uh, for this week's for this week's shout outs, again, I want to thank Mason West second week in a row. Thanks for your support. Really appreciate it. And we have Nick from Displains. Thank you so much. Nick, uh, I have a question for you. And just in case you see this podcast, uh, my my real name is Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. But I find a lot of people spelling my name N-I-C. Does that ever happen to you? I'm N-I-C-K. I see that you spelled your name the right way that you would spell Nick. Just curious to see if my fellow Nick gets his name spelled wrong. Uh, and I get that quite often, which is kind of funny. And then we have Osborne. I really appreciate the do- donation, Osborne. Whenever I hear that name, I automatically think Spider-Man and Norman Harry Osborne. And this correlates perfectly. Well, I don't know if you saw the new Spider-Man Miles Morales trailer that debuted today, but <gasps> it looks amazing. And now I need to save money for a PS5 and... It looks amazing. You definitely got to check it out after the podcast for sure. And then we have our last shout out for today, Robert Sears. Will Will and I really appreciate the donation and support for the podcast. Can't thank you enough. And if you want to get your get your name shout out on the podcast, here's how you can make that happen. Either through Venmo or PayPal. We want you to give us, again, your name, where you're from. Will and I will give you a shout out. And on Venmo, you can look up the username, the Chicago Audible should see my name, the Chicago Audible logo. And then on PayPal, you can make the donation to chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. And we ask for a $5 donation because a lot of what we do is right out of pocket, whether we are covering you know certain events, getting these headphones, the, the microphones. We do it because we want to give you the best Bears coverage possible. So that's why we're asking for a $5 donation. In return, you get a shout-out. So again... The Venmo for that is the Chicago Audible and PayPal is chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Yeah. And if you have some friends that you want to give a shout out to on the show and have them listen to it, maybe they're a Packers fan. I would say get some better friends after the fact, (laughs) but maybe they are and you want us to say something about that. We can definitely do so as well. But yeah, we want some PlayStation 5. I mean, we want some things <laughs> for this podcast, some items to help us. Con- no, I'm kidding. No, but for real, I really appreciate uh, everyone's support uh, from the first round, as well as uh, some people that have uh, donated since the fact. Uh, everyone that Nick mentioned, thank you so much. And uh, like he said, a lot of this has come out of pocket over the last five years. And uh, any support you can give us to help kind of combat those costs is super appreciated. All right, Nick, time to enter the second tier of the safeties here on this roster. And I'm going to begin with the familiar faces, players that we've already known and we've seen for quite some time. And let's kick it off with Sherrick McManus. Yeah, I, I, you never know where to put Sherrick. Uh, over the last few seasons, he's been the nickel corner. Uh, he did play there in place of Bryce Callahan in 2018 after Callahan went down with an injury. And last year, we saw him make the team at safety. So I think it makes sense to keep McManus here. But regardless, 
his value, no matter what, actually comes in special teams. And best case scenario is McManus does not even need to really see the field on defense unless it's one of those patented uh, nickel blitzes that he's pretty keen on timing those and making some big plays in those situations. McManus, he did step up pretty big in 2018 in place of Callahan. Uh, He had that big play last year, too, with that peanut punch against the Raiders at the one-yard line when the defense really needed to make a stop. So McManus, limited, 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 and I mean ultra-limited reps, but man, does he make them count. Now, Nick, what did you want to mention about McManus entering his ninth season with just the Bears, the longest tenured player on the team? Yeah, I'm, to be completely honest, Will, I didn't think that Sheriff McManus would get brought back for this season, but I'm glad the Bears did do that because something that you're never going to see on a stat sheet or maybe most people won't talk about is what he can provide to the team, especially for the younger players that especially that the Bears just drafted. You got Duke Shelley, you got Kendall Vildor, both cornerbacks that can learn so much from a Sherrick McManus and how to make an impact on this team, even though it's not playing defense. And that you can't put a price tag on that because it Sherrick McManus has just gained that knowledge over the course of his career and just being with the Bears for as long as he has. But that I think is such a huge addition for those younger guys. And you know what you're getting out of Sherrick McManus as a special teams player. He had eight special teams tackles last season and he only played in nine games. And I believe he led the team and special team tackles. So he knows how to, again, get himself in position on kickoffs, on punts, whatever it may be. That's just who Sherrick McManus is, and that's how he's been able to stay on the Bears for as long as he has throughout his career. But I think it was a good move by the Bears to at least bring him back on a one-year deal. He adds, like I said, that special teams value and that value for some of those younger cornerbacks who are looking to you know, break out or just try to make an impact for the Bears team. Absolutely. I don't have anything in terms of expectations for him on defense. I think we would be foolish if we did. Um, but in terms of who he is and what he provides his team from both a leadership perspective um, as well as a special teams value ace, uh, I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head here. Uh, up next is DeAndre Houston Carson. Just like D, uh, just like McManus, uh, I'm sure if we have anything really to discuss here perhaps even less here when it comes to DHC. He's a special teamer. I said it last year, and I'll say it again. That is okay. He is a former sixth-round pick, and he found his niche. He found his way to NFL life, and you know it's not a bad thing for him to have this role. In 2018, he played 3% of all of the Bears' defensive snaps. In 2019, that dips all the way down to 0.3% of all those snaps. So I, from a safety perspective, I got zilch. How about you, Nick? Yeah, from a safety perspective, I'm right there with you, Will. But special teams, DeAndre Houston Carson, he played the most special team snaps last year. But it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of safeties currently on this roster. And over the, what, I think last season, the Bears had five safeties, including Sheriff McManus. So that fifth safety spot, I think, is in question to see if DeAndre Houston Carson's going to make it this time. But again, he's a special teams ace that's what he has been known for we haven't seen him play safety so I can't really say whether or not he's good at it to be completely honest obviously that's what he was brought here for but special teams is where he's made his impact I'm gonna go on a limb and say no and he's not (laughs) I mean I think there would have been that good but at least I mean obviously in the NFL hasn't look the Bears have had some pretty good safeties here in the past couple years guys that can do their job DeAndre Houston Carson just not on that level I would say no and 
with his thin frame and smaller body, he wouldn't be a box kind of guy. He'd get pushed around in there and bullied. So just want to make a lot of sense. But that's DHC, just in case you're catching up here at home. Uh, moving on to some of the new faces, we have two to discuss. And Nick, it's actually odd because this time last year, I think both new safeties we had to discuss were undrafted free agents. Neither of them made the team. Neither of them made the practice squad or came out of it and are here this time around. So we have two veterans uh, to discuss this year. The first one will be the bigger name, Jordan Lucas, coming from Kansas City. Lucas had primarily a special team standout throughout his career. Only four games started, three passes defensed, and one interception to his credit. Throughout his four-year career, he's hovered around 3% of defensive snaps per season and about 50% of whatever team's special team snaps. So if history is really any indication, which it is, uh, Lucas's value is going to come in the third phase, uh, which we did discuss his value in our last episode. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to Lucas towards camp? I know he had some media availability as well, uh, so I'm sure you may have some items you wanted to mention about Lucas. Yeah, just with Jordan Lucas, the only other thing that I really see as being something beneficial from coming, obviously, from the Kansas City Chiefs that just won the Super Bowl is, again, knowing what it's like to you know, quote unquote, win a championship, even though he wasn't the big biggest part of it, but he knows what it is to be in a winning locker room. What is the kind of mentality that you have to have when you go through a downward spurt uh, at any point in the season, which is going to happen? You could talk to some of these some of these other guys that are on the roster and be like, well, look, I've been through this. So that is something, again, you won't ever see that. It's not recorded on a statue, but it is some other little things to take into account when you're looking at guys that are projected to most likely be special teams role kind of players. And that's what I think is another aspect of Jordan Lucas that will probably put him in a good position to make this roster, not be a big impact, but at least make it look a one year deal worth $1 million. Obviously there's not a big incentive, a big investment in Jordan Lucas, but that is something else that you can look at and why or why not Jordan Lucas would make a roster. And I think it is beneficial for sure. That's a really good point. I mean, when Ryan Pace began the retooling and rebuilding of this roster, those were the type of guys that he kind of wanted to bring in. We saw it from time and time again. And this is a smaller signing. It was one of their initial free agency signings, though. So it is someone that they were targeting and wanted. So it makes you think that he should be in a pretty good spot to make this roster. But yeah, he is someone who has experience. Another locker room presence that you know, hey guys, you know, just hang in there. We've done it. I've done it. We can, this is what you need to do. And I don't know, Nick, I don't know if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for Lucas. I mean, damn. That's what I think about every day, Will, whether or not if Jordan Lucas, but another, you know, you were just mentioning a really good point that Ryan Pace has done that in the past. Think of Danny Trevathan after they won the Super Bowl, you go in and take him and sign him as your, your linebacker. And obviously Danny Trevathan, is still here. So we've seen it in the past, Ryan Pace, just looking for those guys that have one that, that opportunity to play in the biggest game, right? And then bring it here into Chicago. And that's why, when, going back to Eddie Jackson, why he talks about this locker room, this organization being so uh, something that he loves, it's because of the people that are, it's made up of and just high-quality character guys from the bottom, from a special teams player, all the way to your highest paid safety. You're the highest paid safety in the league. So I think you put that all together. That's why Jordan Lucas will probably make this roster. Wow, you're really spoiling. Uh, We have some uh, roster projections here coming up very shortly, but one more safety that we need to at least bring up and discuss, and that's Kentrell Bryce. 
entering his fifth year in the league, but actually only three years of experience. Uh, three years in Green Bay, he, where he appeared in 36 games, tallying 100 tackles and six pass breakups. He signed a one-year deal with the Bucks a year ago, hurt his shoulder in the third preseason game, and ended up being cut and not making the final roster. From that point on, he did not reach an agreement with another team, so he was a free agent for the entire 2019 season before signing the reserve future contract here in Chicago. Nick, anything you want to share on Bryce? I mean, looking at the roster, the odds are not in his favor to make this final cut, but is there anything that our listeners should know about him other than he spent uh, three, to, uh, yeah, three too many seasons up north? How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. But yeah, you I think you mentioned it earlier, Will, when we were talking about two, what was it, rookie or rookie safeties, free, free agents that didn't make the team. Kentrell Bryce being a veteran now is probably going to be one of those guys that doesn't one year contract, uh, $825,000, the money, you know, just looking at the guys that did sign one year deals, he has the least amount of money allocated to him for this season. So if you follow the money, just follow the history of how this kind of goes, seeing that five safeties made it last year, probably going to be that number again. I don't see Kentrell Bryce being that fit safety or seeing just any reason why the Bears will think, hey, this is a guy that we need to have on our team, even if it is just for special teams impact. But, yeah, I don't think there needs to be anything really else said about Kentrell Bryce and his future with the Bears. It's sad to say, but that's just kind of where the circumstances are right now. And this is usually the point of Countdown to Camp episodes where it's like, okay, well, we get there in practice. We'll see what he does. And we're not going to get that opportunity this year, which, again, uh, still stinks just uh, a little bit, but can't control it. Uh, bigger than us uh, for sure. But Nick, what about players making transitions? I know next week we'll be focusing on the Bears cornerbacks, but is there a current corner or two that you can envision moving over to safety for training camp and their best hopes of making this roster? Because as loaded and as deep as this safety position is, it's going to be equally as loaded next week when we talk about these Bears corners. Yeah, so just looking at the Bears cornerbacks, what they have right now, I'm thinking Steven Denmark is a guy that, yes, drafted as a cornerback. I think that's what the Bears maybe envision at first, but it would make sense just given what the Bears already have there at the cornerback position and seeing the safety, the, the possibility at safety, he has a bigger frame, Steven Denmark. Maybe that is an opportunity for him to best make the roster. We didn't see him play at all in 2019. He had an injury, didn't see him once. And really at training camp, I can't think of anything big that ever included Steven Denmark's name. So maybe this will be the opportunity for him to better put himself in a position to make this roster. No guaranteed seventh round draft pick. But I think that's a guy maybe to just watch out for, see where he's taking reps. Obviously, we might have to hear about it from other Bears reporters, given that training camp won't be you know, here for us. But that's a guy that I would be looking at. All right, yeah, same. I can't think of anyone else that would at least fall into that category. But I know that's the one that a lot of our listeners have reached out about, inquiring about his status. And we'll see exactly how it shakes out. But let's go ahead 
make some things official here and just kind of rip off the Band-Aid and determine uh, which safeties you project making the final roster. I'll let you go first because it felt like you just sprinkled that in throughout the entire episode, so just go for it. Yeah, I was pulling a Brandon and just giving you spoiler alerts throughout (laughs) the show. But yeah, so I do have the Bears having five safeties that make this 53-man roster. Eddie Jackson, Sean Gibson, Deion Bush, Jordan Lucas, and Sheriff McManus. So I do have Deion. I know that the Bears obviously signed him to a one-year deal, DeAndre Houston Carson. But I think Jordan Lucas just has a little bit more to add at essentially the same position. And he has some more games started throughout his career than obviously a DeAndre Houston Carson. So you factor all that, the special teams value, I think those will be the five safeties when the Bears come and obviously cut down to their 53-man roster. And actually, I don't know if it's extending. the the. I know they were talking about the roster being coming bigger with the new CBA. So I don't know if that way. If I don't know if that takes into effect this year. But if we're going standard 53, I'm still only taking five of these safeties here. Yeah, I. I it's interesting. Uh, I know they're trying to expand the game day roster too, and it's it's all. I, I don't, I'll, I'll roll with it for now. We'll, we'll just say 53, man. Uh, so for me, I have five as well. I have Jackson, Gibson, Gibson, Bush, McManus, and man, am I torn between DHC and Lucas? Because, you know, we talked about all the reasons why Lucas may be a big value add to this locker room. Uh, the experience that he has, but then DHC, I mean, he's been here now for five years and he knows his team in and out. He's probably a very well-liked guy in that locker room. He's not... Uh, rambunctious. He's a pretty mild-mannered dude, and I'm sure he's well-liked, but that well, being well-liked doesn't win you games at the end of the day. You do want to go with uh, the best talent on this team, which probably leans to Lucas, but on that same token, I say it out loud, but Houston Carson was in a, played a lot more special team snaps last year than Lucas did for Kansas City. That's tough. It's This is one where you... This is probably... You know, Nagy said safety at the competition uh, Competition at safety. This is probably what he was talking about between Lucas and DHC because this is where I'm torn. I really am. Uh, I'll go with DHC to be different, but at the end of the day, if it's Lucas, I would not be surprised whatsoever. And when it comes to McManus, because I thought about him too, man, that would be a tough cut for this team. He's a locker room leader. He's the longest tenure player here. Cutting him right before the season starts to me would just be – a tough pill for the team to swallow, like in terms of like the players. So I don't see that really being the case. Yeah, neither do I. I think I think people would be upset about that. I know it's just a special teams player, it's just Sheriff McManus, but like all the reasons we talked about, I I think he's highly regarded and seen as a really not just a you know a good football player, but a really good person and just yeah, I don't think that would sit well. And maybe I'm overthinking this. Is you know it's Sheriff McManus, but yeah, I would agree. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't feel right to see Sherrick McManus be cut. Don't say it's just Sherrick McManus. It's Sherrick blank True. McManus. Uh, you know what the <laughs> blank for that middle name is, all right? Yeah, I, I get you. Got to keep the episode clean. Haven't had the explicit one yet. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. But oh, All right. Uh, big picture questions and some over-under to kind of wrap up the show here, Nick. Uh, these are some fun ones. Uh, start off Eddie Jackson heavy, and then we'll kind of go elsewhere. Again, safety, you're only going to get two starters, so it's kind of hard to really go elsewhere. But uh, to begin, over or under three interceptions for Eddie Jackson? Only two last year. We know what he did in 2018. Yeah, it's going to be over. I project him to have six, so definitely over on that one. I have over as well, but I only had it at four, so I like your confidence there for Eddie Jackson. Uh, Up next, over under two touchdowns for Jackson this season. 
I have under. I have him at one pick six. But again, it's Eddie Jackson. He's definitely capable of it. But I do have the under. Okay, I took the under here too with one. So we're really on the same track, which is fine. I like that we prepare these differently, so you just never know. Over under eight PBUs, Freddie Jackson. I thought that was a low number, but again, only five last year, so it was difficult for me to raise it to ten plus. I definitely have the over on that one. I have fourteen PBUs for Eddie Jackson in twenty twenty. And for me, I took the over, but only at 10. So you're, again, you're a little bit higher, but that's fine. Last year, you should have seen when I was saying, Jackson's going to have five touchdowns. And I'm like, I got to temper some expectations to let him exceed. Reality it. check. We, we got a reality check. That's for sure. Just, I mean, I, look, it was such a great season for Ajax. What was the reason he'd come down production? But I think, you know, give it some time. We, we both have more, I guess, more realistic expectations. Maybe mine are still high, but yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It was, <laughs> last year, we were riding that Eddie Jackson train. It was going fast, and we were having a ball, uh, which is great. And hopefully, we'll do the same thing for the 2021 season, but slightly tapered expectations for sure. Uh, for Deshaun Gibson, I set the over-under for two interceptions for him. I have over for Deshaun Gibson. I think I had him at four interceptions. Okay, I'm at three. So again, I'm slightly behind you, but in the same realm. Uh, and then finally, for the over-unders, 150 total tackles between the starting safety duo. Uh, last year, they had 160 combined. But again, uh, different defenses, and you can't really use those that number uh, just because they played in two totally different seasons. But I said it at 150. 150, I think if I can do math right, I have them at 105 total. So I have the under on the total tackles for both the safeties there. And maybe I can't math right, but it's definitely under the 150. Gosh, now I'm wondering, did I even do math right to set this over under? See, uh, we had 60 combined tackles last year for Jackson. I'm, I'm looking up Gibson. Just give me a second, because I'm going to feel like an ass if I don't have this right. Uh, <laughs> so 51, 51 combined. So did I mean 106? Oh, it's 101. So 101, I'll set the over under at 110, and you took the under. So there you go. Yep. All right. So apologies about that. Uh, I don't know where the heck that number came from. I did prep for the show at 630 this morning, so that could have had uh, a part of it uh, as well. But for me, I'm taking the under. I took about 98. Uh, I don't have a number in front of me, so I'm pulling that one out. Um, but for the reason behind it is the front seven is going to take care of business to so a higher degree that we saw last year, which is going to lessen the burden on these two safeties. So that's why I'm taking the under here. Uh, a couple true or falses, Nick. True or false. Eddie Jackson earns all pro honors just like he did in 2018. True. I think he's definitely capable of it, given this defense and where it's projected to be this season. True. All right. And then I said this one before we determined that the starting competition was a uh, with a, was a whole facade. But uh, true or false, <laughs> Deion Bush plays a career-high defensive snaps. It's probably false. I hope it's false. Uh, definitely uh, would agree Let's with see. you on that one. Career, a career-high, right? I have the number of snaps that he's had the past few seasons. 220 in 2018, which would be his career-high. Yeah, on defense? Oh, yeah, but his rookie year, he had for- the six starts. Oh, it's right. So it's probably more than that. So no, definitely yeah. false. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget. <laughs> let's not forget that one. All right. And our bold predictions for the safety group. What's your bold prediction going to be, Nick? Yeah, I, I wanted to think, you know, what could be something that is obtainable, but, you know, kind of out there. So 
my bold prediction for the safeties here, Minnesota's Anthony Harris had six interceptions last season. And Harrison Smith had three. That safety tandem led the league with nine interceptions last season. The tandem of Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson will lead the league in interceptions with 10, and each of them will have a pick six. So six interceptions for Jackson, four for Deshaun Gibson. I think I may have stole Will's bold prediction. What is it? What's going on here? Mine's very, very, very close. <laughs> I don't get this. Uh, I have more than seven interceptions combined with two touchdowns. I wasn't specific who got the two touchdowns but and how they got the two touchdowns, but more than seven combined picks and two touchdowns is what I put. So... We're both either going to be right or we're both going to either be wrong, and maybe we should cross-reference these a little bit more. But uh, whatever. It always happens. Always happens. You, you have your notes. I have my notes. We go throughout the week saying what we're going to do for the podcast, and then come the podcast, this always, always happens. I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is, my, is AJ, is he texting you, like, sneaking <laughs> my phone and letting you know, like, what I'm doing, like, throughout the week? Like, hey my dad says this is his bold prediction like thank you copy paste and you're good to go is that is that the plan here nick if he is i'm not getting the text messages so i have no idea he made a phone out of a cardboard box today cut it out and put all his little apps on like the squares you know acting like he was texting me it was it was cute but he's also not going to get a phone only turning seven so ps5 right oh that says for me (laughs) he's getting the ps4 (laughs) and he's more than happy about it so i'm like cool Win-win. Like, he's not at that age yet. Give it a few years and think, wait a minute. You got yourself a five, and then I got the hand-me-down four? He's still going to be able to play it, but I'm excited to check it out. I saw the NBA uh, 2K21 little promo, and that thing looked ridiculously awesome um, as well. But totally off subject, uh, one last thing we need to do here to wrap up the show, everyone. Sorry, Nick and I needed to play a little catch-up after a week off. Uh, (laughs) What's going to be your confidence at the safety position? I mean, obviously... It's going to be ultra low uh, because there's just no one here to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there, Will. No, but I think when you look at Eddie Jackson, Tashawn Gibson, that starting duo, that's something that Bears fans should be excited about. We probably were saying the same thing about Hoglin Dix, and we saw how it played out. They played, you know, they played good, but I like what Tashawn Gibson brings to his defense. It'll, I think it will allow Eddie Jackson to play his game. And that's going to really impact this defense. And look, if someone goes down, you do have Deion Bush as backup, not the other way around. Deion Bush is a starter. So there is some some depth there as well. So I like I like this group. I, I'm going to give it – I don't know what I gave it last year, but 9, 9.4, 9.5, around there. I mean, I'm confident in this group. They should be able to do some damage really for this defense in 2020. There you go. Uh, I'm at a 9.2. So when he said 9 point, <laughs> I was holding my breath. I was like, don't you dare do this again. I'm going to have to start going first. But yeah, just like you said, uh, last year we are higher. I think uh, I kind of checked in on us uh, earlier this morning. and We're in the high eights. Uh, we talked about the depth being a little. We like DH, uh, not DHC. We like Dion Bush as the depth piece, uh, but we also didn't know he was going to take the leap that he did. At least we saw in camp last year. And outside of that, it was a little concerning. Oh, uh, the undrafted free agents didn't really know how that was all going to shake out. We didn't even know Derek McManus was going to move to safety and be a part of that equation at the time. So I'm sitting here at 9.2. You have an all-pro player in Eddie Jackson. You have a quality, and I mean high-quality counterpart in Gibson outside of him. Ultra ball production. 
quarterbacks aren't going to know which one to bully or at least attempt to bully, attempt to target, and whatever they choose, they're going to choose wrong. And that's an awesome feeling to have here as a Chicago Bears fan when I think about this safety tandem. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do together. I know they're talking about, you know, obviously they don't get the on-field work right now, but it shouldn't take them a lot of time to kind of get that chemistry and build that up. Uh, Both of them being the savvy, smart veterans that they are, it really should be a non How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Issue. So for me, high confidence, love the depth as well. We should be in a really good spot. Any final thoughts, Nick, before we kind of wrap this up? No, I think when you look at this, obviously there's so many strengths on this Bears defense. This is, you know, one of, I think, you have to think about all the uh, outside linebackers are really strong with Mac and Quinn, but yep. it's it's probably going to be they're the second strongest group on this defense just because I think Deshaun Gibson is an upgrade, and you're going to see a lot of plays being made by these guys given that they're going to have a pass rush this year. It's going to be fun to watch. That is for damn sure. Do you think either of us will pull out the almighty 10 for the confidence at one of these positions? I mean, this was one of them that if we were going to do it, it may have been this one. Uh, it may just have been this one, but we didn't. So I'm just curious. Do you see one coming our way? It ain't going to be for the offense. I'll tell you that. It's going to have to happen <laughs> soon. No, I, I mean, it easily could have been this one. I'm just trying to think also around the league. What would you give a 10 for with like some of the other safety tandems? When you look at it, the Bears have one of the better ones, I would say, if not the best one. I just told you who led the league in interceptions. That was Minnesota's two safeties. Don't you think the Bears are better than, you know, Minnesota's guys? So it could have been this one, but it might be when we do the outside linebacker show, just with given the the two starters there. That could almost be enough. It does I don't care about depth because those two guys are going to wreak havoc, Mac and Quinn. But yeah, it wasn't this one, but it, like you said, not gonna be offense. There's only one one opportunity left. Yeah, I think there's one real opportunity left. We'll find out. That's going to be happening here in just a few weeks. But that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank each and every one of you who tuned in. To everyone here and the live viewers here on the stream, uh, always great seeing your comments and the conversations that you all have. I love that camaraderie that you've all built here over the years. And if you want to join us live in the future, join the chat, join in on the fun. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as follow us on Twitter and Facebook as we do stream there too. But really, YouTube is where uh, the meat and the potatoes of all the chat kind of takes place. And to everyone listening to the podcast around not just the country, but the entire world, another huge thank you to you as well. Make sure to leave your review of our show on Apple Podcasts, only nine away from reaching our goal of 600. And of course, once we do, we're going to send out a free Chicago Bears jersey of choice to one of our lucky listeners. So that could be you, especially if you help us reach our goal of 600 reviews. And if you want to help support our show, please leave a donation on our Venmo at the Chicago Audible. And if you want to do it on PayPal, it's chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. And if you want to go there directly, it's paypal.me slash Chicago Audible. And if you don't have any way to, you know, any means right now to 
support our show financially. Other ways that you can support us uh, would be subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, sharing this with friends and family that are Bears fans. And if they're not Bears fans, again, like I said earlier, maybe find better friends or maybe try to convert them and get them to our show or maybe just friends or friends spreading the word. Uh, if you can't help us financially, it's definitely the second best way to support our show. We'll be back next week as we continue our breakdown of the Bears' defensive backs. We'll shift our attention to cornerback. Will rookie Jalen Johnson win the starting job? Will Buster Screen take a step forward in his second year in this defense? Can any of the young guys like Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, make a surprise impact? We'll answer all those questions and much more next time. But until then, bear down, Chicago. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.